powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show! Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy, guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Happy Tuesday, Duvall Nation. Hello there. Hi. Hey. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Welcome. This is the Derek Duvall Show. I am Derek. And you are listening to the only talk show guaranteed to bring you comfort after a rather invasive procedure at the doctor. That being said, like Bob Marley so cleverly sang, every little thing is going to be all right. So welcome to Valentine's Day week. I hope you all have something special planned for your significant other. For those of you out there who could give a toss about this holiday, no worries. You do you. I want to give a massive shout out to my last guest. Erica Wilson, her episode was immensely popular, and I was absolutely blown away as to the response from all over the world. And I do not say that lightly, all over the world, folks. I was I had to check my analytics. I was like, that can't be right. And sure enough, it was. I want to wish her all the best in the future. Trust me, she's got a big future ahead of her. I, I guarantee it. As of this recording... The 2022 Winter Olympics are underway, and we were absolutely thrilled that our guest and star of episode 29, Miss Jalen Koff, has achieved her dream and has won a silver medal in the Women's Skiing Moguls event. We could not have been happier for her, and if we are lucky, maybe we can get her back on here to talk about what it was like to win it. Fingers crossed. So, we are here with episode 42. We have on the show a very, very special surprise. We have all the way from Baltimore, Maryland, the incredibly popular acapella group, The Trills. They're going to be talking about their origins, how they function as a group, their influences, and their plans for the future. This is a can't-miss episode, folks. So, what do you say we get them out here? Duval Nation, rise to your feet, and welcome to the Derek Duval Show for the first time, direct from the birthplace of the Star Spangled Banner, Baltimore, Maryland, Please welcome all the members of the musical acapella group, The Trills. Good evening. Welcome to the show. How is the weather in Baltimore, Maryland today? It's cold. <laughs> it's a little chilly. It's not as cold as it could be in the middle of December, though. But I'm okay with it. So obviously the first question I have to ask is, you know, how's it been for you guys to navigate this crazy COVID-19 world we've been in? Oh, geez. We're still... <laughs> Still navigating through it, what, three years later? How, how long has it been now? Yeah, it's been very interesting. Honestly, COVID has definitely been a blessing in disguise, a very bittersweet thing, because it's obviously been very tricky to, you know, meet up at certain times. And, you know, of course, if anybody's feeling sick, we can't risk it. So, you know, doing electronic meetings or, you know, just doing a couple duet videos here and there. We're definitely making it work, and uh, it seems like it's paying off so far. Adapt and overcome. I'm very impressed. That's that's better than some people have come on here and said, so well done. (laughs) Thank you. All right, so before I start, I want to thank you all for coming on and setting the record for the most people sitting in one interview at a time with me, so well done to you. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have to go just start basic. Uh, What brought you all to Townsend University? 
I think that's an individual question kind of for each of us. So I'll start. I was actually going to be a member of the military. I decided not to pursue that route. And by the time I decided not to, um, Towson was the only school I'd still deferred my enrollment for. So I went ahead and went to Towson and ended up loving it. I actually didn't want to go to college at first, but um, my teachers at my high school kind of like encouraged me and were like, well, you're good at art. Here are some good schools with like <laughs> really good art programs. And Towson was a really nice one that I really enjoyed. And um, it just kind of went from there. Yeah, and just like Will, um, I also had a really amazing choir teacher and theater teacher who were saying that uh, Towson was really good for music, and I started off as a music major. Uh, I ended up switching to theater, but I'm very grateful that I'm here because I wouldn't have found these guys. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was between University of Maryland and Towson, and after touring both campuses, my dad actually had me test some people, and I would, I would go to somebody randomly and ask them for directions around campus. Um, and at, at University of Maryland, it was just kind of, you know, people didn't really feel like talking. It was a big campus, so they weren't surprised to just run to somebody but not feel like talking. But at Towson, as soon as I walked to somebody, they'd say, oh, yeah, let me stop everything I'm doing. I remember this one girl specifically. She was carrying, like, a bunch of boxes and books, and she just dropped, literally dropped everything um, to, like, show me exactly where to go. So as soon as, as soon as I experienced that, I just knew that Towson would be home for me for the next four years. I just wanted to be a teacher, so the teaching program at Towson is really good, so... It was the only school I applied to, and here we are. <laughs> and we are missing Missy today as well. Mm -hmm. um, she was the last addition to this current group, and yeah, she auditioned her freshman year, which was, what, three years ago? Mm -hmm. And ever since, yeah, we've all been a little Towson family and then moved from Towson to here, to professional. <laughs> so do you all come from a musical background? Yeah, all, all of us, at, at least through family, we all have a musical background for sure. Mm -hmm. So my great-grandparents in the Seattle Symphony. My grandpa was like a, a coordinator in music. My dad was in the Naval Academy band, and then I played trumpet growing up as a kid. So just it was really throughout my well-being and my upbringing, uh, and it lent itself really well when I switched to acapella music from college. So I want to just go on record. To get six people to agree on anything is a Herculean effort <laughs> in itself. But to get six talented vocalists to form a musical group is unheard of. It's, it's incredible. So explain to me, how did that come about? So it was actually the second day of school, the second day of college. And my roommate at the time and I were going to Target. And we were in a bus, under like a bus stop. And we met some random person who was like, oh, you sing? So does my roommate. You should meet up. And at that exact same time, Aaron and Leroy were at an open mic night and they were both trying to flirt with a girl there. So they walked up to the girl. I know right. they walked up to the girl at the same time. And then little did they know they were going to become best friends. And then all four of us met and literally the next day we were practicing in a dorm and then we had auditions and, and we made the group we are today. Yeah. I just so happened to be the roommate that target guy was talking about. Mm -hmm. so it was all just oh, mir wow little miracles and it happened literally so fast like the second day of school you know it's funny uh i know you all know who neil diamond is one of the greatest vocalists of all time neil always yeah. said that the way he was able to create his band was uh musicians people who are talented with music are like magnets they're drawn to another so that when mm -hmm. you know genius recognizes genius and so to hear this you know based on what you just told me it isn't really that much of a surprise that six people very talented people can come together and uh, have kind of a symbiotic relationship like that. Yeah, that's been that. crazy. So how tough was it for you guys starting out? 
<laughs> I mean, there was a lot of change really quickly. I mean, we were starting as a student club, so we did the whole concerts, we did competitions, we did a lot of local events, uh, really allowing us to grow a lot as people and as musicians over the four years of college. And then everything exponentially changed when we graduated. So it was really just taking our base foundation musically and professionally and just kind of flipping it on its head and seeing how fast and how far we could travel. That being said, I mean, do you guys have like, you know, a band leader? Do you guys have, a, you know, someone plays the manager, someone plays the roadie, or, or is it just like an equal, um, equal share, equal load? Well, we all kind of have, like what's, what's really cool of how we form, just like you said, genius recognizes genius. We all have individual skills and individual minds that we all think very differently, but we all have the same goal in mind. So when, when we have those two factors, um, you can go pretty far. So Aaron is, is a lot of that business mind. We recently did sign to a management group at Underscore Talent, but for so long, for years, Aaron did a lot of business stuff. All of our photography and video stuff, a lot of that was Will. I handled a lot of our arrangements and, and um, music directing. And Nick and Katie and Missy have handled a lot of networking and social media stuff. So it's just been really cool how all of our different gifts and skills have just meshed together to make us who we are. And that's why we've gotten so far, just because we haven't tried to, I don't know, be too cocky or think we can do more or that we need to be somebody that we're not. But we've all just taken what we have to the table. And it's worked out so far for the past, what, six years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I have had many musicians on the show, and I asked the same question, and I get the best get the best answers. Do you guys remember your very first performance as a group? Yes. Uh, what was it like? We performed at the Towson University Talent Show, and it was you remember how we met, right? And the second day, like a week later, we decided to perform at a talent show, and it was in front of like hundreds of people. And we won the whole talent show, our first time ever performing. And it was the craziest experience because we all barely knew each other. We're new to college. We were all up to the audition in pajama pants. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. So what would you say has so far been the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? Mm -hmm. Aside from COVID? <laughs> Aside from COVID. <laughs> I would say scheduling. I mean, we all are either working full-time or doing school full-time. So trying to make trills a full-time profession on top of that it really drains on you like mentally and physically so really just being courteous of what everyone else is doing and trying to move forward has been really tough uh when we're trying to do as much on the output side as we can so so let's talk about the new ep uh like it's christmas <laughs> nice uh how did that come about mm. well we we got together earlier this year and we said you know what, what do we want our goal for this year to be and we definitely wanted to do a larger project we didn't want to just keep do, doing singles and um, with our with our manager we were talking about you know what a big goal would be and acapella is very huge with the holidays with christmas music and so we just thought hey let's let's jump on that and see what we could add to the holiday music because what's cool about acapella is you can take what's known already and kind of flip it on its head and make it your own and we like to do that we actually call it trillifying thing so yeah, so we just, we just decided, hey, let's do a five or six track EP of Christmas music, just have fun doing it. And we actually started recording that in July. We were in an Airbnb <laughs> closet in LA and started recording our first song for the EP in July. It really was Christmas in July, but yeah, we've been working at it since and we're, we're extremely proud of what we put out. That being said, how much fun was it to shoot the video for the single, Something in the Air? Oh, that was my so gosh. <laughs> 
literally okay where do we even start it was a lot of planning it was a lot of really fun planning we knew that we wanted to do kind of like a one take video so there was a lot that a lot of honestly rehearsing a little bit of choreography but honestly just a lot of just setting up really and you know doing take after take after take and you know if if one second fumbles you have to start the entire thing over which honestly sounds frustrating but I guess for me it was really fun I had a great time. <laughs> it was really fun I had the privilege of using Leroy's mother-in-law's beautiful house um it, it was absolutely insane and she loves to decorate for Christmas she had like what 30 foot trees like not just <laughs> like Christmas trees Christmas. he's exaggerating the 30 feet but yeah it was real tall real tall but it was in October too it was before Halloween yeah. she had to decorate for Christmas we had that we had fake snow machine honestly um it was just such an amazing experience and we're very happy with how it turned out it was a definition of who we are it was very DIY um we could have hired a huge production team and things like that um, but we were like, okay, what can we do with our own our own stuff? We used our own camera. We had our friend Daniel come in, um, amazing videographer, and he came and handled the camera for us and did all the editing. Um, but all the directing, all of the planning, all of the choreography, that was all us. And it was really fun to see that happen and see the product of that. It was really cool. You guys hear the finished single, Something in the Air. You guys actually hear it played. When it's done playing, what is the emotions that it elicits? Ooh. <laughs> I think when we first, and I don't, I don't even know if something in the air was the first song we heard from the EP, but just hearing the hearing one of the songs from the EP for the first time, um, it, we got it mixed by Ed, Ed Boyer and Bill Hare as the master, and they're the same team that, that mixes and masters for the Pentatonix. Hearing what they could do with our sound and just bring out the authenticity of who we are and what we sound like, it was, I don't know, it was monumental. We, we've had songs out before, but just hearing this product it, it was it was huge in our confidence in knowing that you know we can put out a very good product that people can enjoy. Who are the first people who get to hear it? Is it your immediate families or is it just a close circle of friends? <laughs> I don't think we were supposed to tell our families, but I think we all went home and. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wasn't the only one. Good. Oh no, for sure. Like any single draft, I would go home and I would show my roommates and be like, "What can we? What can we do? What can we do different? Like, what did you love about it?" And it would be really beneficial to hear their opinions. It was pretty much all positive, but yeah, yeah, our family heard a lot of it before pretty much anybody else did. <laughs> nice. All right, Devon Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break. This will give you some time to rethink your choices in life, refresh that drink, and do some of those nice big stretches. Ugh. We'll be right back after these words from friends of the show. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Johnny Catch! Oh no! Let's tell Mom it was Billy's mistake. You're making the mistake. Flint! Anyone can have an accident, but lying makes it worse. But Mom will be upset. She'll be even more upset if you lie. And how would you feel if Billy got punished? Face up to what you've done. Don't take the easy way out. We'll tell her we did it. Remember, it's better to tell the truth. And that's no lie. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! 
Hi guys, I'm John. And I'm Frank. And we're the hosts of a general discussion comedy show out of Brooklyn, New York called The Basement Surge. Where every Monday we drop new episodes about all the different stuff we like, such as movies, video games, being a dad, basically anything that pops in our heads. The Basement Surge is available to listen to on every podcast platform there is. Including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Basement Surge. Check out our official website at www.thebasementsurge.com for more info. Of upcoming episodes and all the mad that we come up with. All right? And that's it. Anything else? Tune the f*** in. Welcome back to Vol Nation. I read the most craziest thing earlier. Did you know that... According to the NPR, there is a man in Idaho who I guess his sole reason for existing is to break world records. According to this article, David Rush has a goal of to break one Guinness world record every week for the entire year. I can think of worse ways to spend my time. I wonder if we can get him on the show. I'll see what I can do. He definitely fits the criteria. Anyway, okay, that aside, let's get back to our awesome interview with the amazing acapella group, The Trills. Okay, so this question is for each and every one of you, okay? So answer one at a time. Who is your musical idol? Who do you aspire to be? That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have mine. Mine has changed um, over over the years. I'd have to say mine now has to be my dad. Um, he was in a go-go band um, growing up in college. It's called Legacy Band in D.C., and then he, he grew up to do a lot of children's music. He's a children's music performer. He just retired as a teacher, but he's been doing that for, he's been doing performing for over 20 years now. Um, and he's, he hasn't, he's never been a huge like music theory or crazy and like, I don't know, I can talk music a whole lot. But when he does music, people feel it. Um, when, he, when he performs, people really experience it in a way that they've never had before. So I've been trying to channel that a lot more in my music more recently. My musical icon is Sarah Barella. Great. Yeah. <laughs> This might sound kind of narcissistic, but it's myself. Because looking at my musical journey throughout the past 15, 20 years where I've been playing music, I've been able to learn a lot of different instruments to a lot of different styles and really pursue the musical style that fits me at that point in my life. So I think being able to take influence from what's going on in my life and actually being able to apply it to my music is something that's really important that I've learned and take for granted really at this point in my life. So. Um, very cliche answer, but I'll probably say pentatonics, um, because I see a lot of us in them and the way they started and the amount of changes that the group has been through. But each time they bring something new to the table and we just kind of reinvent their sound and reinvent themselves each time you see them. And it's kind of like we've kind of started on that same path, too, of like whatever changes the group goes through, we always come back stronger. Or like we build just each other in our music time after time again. It's pretty cool to see that reflection. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I began singing um, because of two reasons. One, because of Adele's Someone Like You, mm-hmm. uh, a powerful song, and she's a powerful person, and I still look up to her. Um, but another reason is because my cousin uh, was an amazing singer. He recently passed, and she really like idolized Michael Buble. And I just wanted to, you know, be really just like my cousin so you know, I was very young when I started out and I of course did my research on Michael Buble and ever since you know I've wanted to sound like him to pretty much be him <laughs> so yeah I would say Adele and Michael Buble. Nice. Have any of you guys ever had the chance to see Adele live? 
No. Not yet. I have, and it is, it's, it's, it's transformative. Um, the, if, I'll just tell you a quick story real fast. I met, saw her in 2016. Uh, we were in lucky enough to get tickets uh, to her Dallas, Texas show. And uh, it was also the night of my wife's birthday. It just happened to be on November the right. 2nd. And anyway, the fun thing was, um, she goes on and she sounds amazing. I mean, the woman has a, a voice that it's to be envied. Anyway, so the funny thing is, all all the women in, in the show are having a great time to sing along. And all the guys in the show who got drugged there by their wives are all watching their phones because it was game seven of the World Series Chicago Cubs. Oh. So, the funny thing is, Adele's having like this, you know, hardcore, you know, like, Felt heartfelt moment, and you can hear all these guys go, "Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like one of my, it's like one of my favorite memories of that night." But yeah, it was the night they won the World Series. That was a, it was a big deal. So awesome. <laughs> weird, weird train of thought. But yeah, I, if you guys have a chance to, you have to see her live. She is a force of nature. There's no question about that. Oh man, what I would do to see her live. One of my friends just got tickets to see her. The Vegas she thing. Ticket. Ooh. How much? Uh. 800 yeah that's about right holy moly <laughs> we, we try to get we try to get tickets too and it was because the price demand goes up the price goes up and we got to yeah. a point where like we just couldn't justify spending 500 dollars on tickets most yeah. i've ever spent in my life was 682 dollars and that was to see the police so yeah never again my wife would kill me if i spent <laughs> yeah. so anyway getting back to the thing in the world of music what would you say has been the craziest thing you've seen? Ooh. I can go first with this one. I think my craziest thing musically I've seen was the 2018 American Beatbox Championships. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I have been trying to put myself in the hip-hop and beatbox scene over the last few years to really learn about the culture and about the music. And going to the 2018 Championships and just watching what those musicians can do and really just the und undervalued part of that art form, which is the beatbox culture. Um, Really seeing that on stage for the first time was insane for me. I'll say TikTok. <laughs> it's it's a weird answer, but the way music has changed and like the way people create in such a different way now, thanks to TikTok. Like you see people put out a song like made with mayonnaise and kitchen appliances, and like someone else <laughs> do what's the song and like turns it into a whole orchestra. Or someone does like they quote Spongebob and turn it into a cool choir. And it's like, yeah. it's weird to think of like stuff that's so like simple becoming something so beautiful and like creative. You know, you, we're yeah. going to talk about TikTok in a minute, but I will say this. I'm kind of not the greatest at social media, but I will say this. I have a friend of mine who is now a, what you call a TikTok star. And I finally caught on with it. There are some really creative people out there. It's been yeah. quite pleasurable to watch. It's addicting. Yeah. All right. So what has it been like to open for uh, Straight No Chaser? Uh, they were so incredible. Incred like not, not even just like vocally because vocally they were insane. But um, just as people too, they were very welcoming and very just friendly. And it was just so awesome to be backstage with them and to really just connect with them like individually as well. And just to be watching them backstage, it was kind of eye-opening for me, at least, um, just to see how, like, like yes, we are professionals, but like these are these are polished professionals. Yeah. Like, it's insane, and honestly, it's very inspirational. So that being said, now we're gonna get to TikTok. Social media has come 
a long way in the last two decades. I am old enough to have a nice a MySpace account. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. I, and I used to use GeoCities. I, I mean, that's how far back I go. In fact, I go back to the app, the first Apple computer. That's how old I am. Anyway, if you would told me 30 years ago that we would have what we have today, I would have told you you're insane. So anyway, let's talk about how influential TikTok has been to the success of your group. What point do you all look at each other and proclaim we've gone viral? Yeah, TikTok's been absolutely crazy. When quarantine started, we didn't really know what to do with ourselves. So one day I just came to the group and I was like, hey, let's start a TikTok. Um, so we made a TikTok account and we posted a few videos, not very many, very goofy. Um, and then one day there was just like this trending video and I was like, we should try this. And I was like, just repeat after me. And I like started talking to them and they started like singing back to me. And we posted it and it was like fine. Like it had like 100, 200 views or something like that. We woke up in the morning and we had like 36,000 likes. And I think 36,000 likes, we were like, oh my God, we need to quit our jobs. And <laughs> right. Like this is over for like, for like, yeah, it was great. And then we started posting more and more and more. And it just, we started running with it and really taking feedback from what people wanted to see and kind of, you know, adjusting our content to make it, you know, good for them. And we started really, really thriving on that platform. Do you have someone just constantly sitting there and checking out what the newest trends are and it's like, oh, we can do this too? Is that, is, that, is that how it works a little bit? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I feel like everyone's kind of looking for trends all the time and we just send them to the group like, let's do this, let's do this. And that could be from like what, like trending dances, trending sounds. Um, trending songs in general, like we're we're all on it. <laughs> and everyone has a for you page too, so we're all seeing completely different content, and we're like throwing random ideas at each other. So, what's the best advice that you of as a group have ever been given? Ooh, Ooh. Oh, I always gosh. ask the best questions. Oh, yes, <laughs> something that we stand by for every performance. Our first time opening for a professional group was a group called Ball in the House. And we, we went to the show, got there, rehearsed, did a sound check. Show starts, and we look around, and there are, like, two people, maybe, in the <laughs> audience, I think. And one was Nick's mom. One yeah, was, yeah. The other was Missy's mom. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was the most jarring thing for us when we first saw it. So we're like, is the show starting? Are they still doing a dress rehearsal? And we're just like, we have no idea what's going on. And then they start. And then they stop for a second after a couple of songs. They say, by the way, we stand by this, this, this motto that no matter who's in the audience, we're still going to give a show. Like no matter if it's one person, if it's 5,000 people, we're going to give the same amazing show every time. And they really did. They blew me away. And so ever since then, we've always said before every, every show, no matter who's in the audience, no matter what the environment's like, we're going to give everything that we have. What is the best event? This is actually a two-part question. So bear with me. What's the best venue that you've played so far and then part B of that question could be, what is your dream venue to play? So we probably all have different answers to this one. I think mine was back in college when we performed at the Beacon Theater in New York City. Mm. Where do you want to play? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I would love to play overseas. I don't have a specific venue, maybe somewhere in like Australia, maybe somewhere in like London mm -hmm. area. I, I would love to get a good overseas and do some performances over there. Mine hasn't happened yet, but it will soon. We're going to be performing at the Ravens game at MNC Bank Stadium, and I think I'm very excited for that. Mm -hmm. Where would you want to go? I 
There's so many yeah. places to go. Really anywhere. Like I just miss performing and like oh. being able to do it again is like is great. So I'll, I'll perform in a closet if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, to piggyback off of Aaron and say that like to to perform on a Broadway theater that was insane and the Lincoln Center, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, that was one of the most beautiful venues I've ever oh seen. Oh, um, where do I want to perform? Yeah, I don't. I don't really have like necessarily a, a certain venue, just as much as possible. <laughs> but no, yeah, I would like store. That would be really fun. Nice. I, I can't. I can't pinpoint one that's been. I feel like each performance that we do, the next one has been even more mind blowing. The Beacon Theater for sure. PlayStation Theater for sure. But one venue that I know I definitely want to do is the Red Rock Amphitheater. Nice. Um, when high school. I saw a video on YouTube of someone performing there. I can't even remember who it was. And I just know that I said to myself, one day I will be on that stage doing an even bigger show than they are doing. I just want to perform to that extent. So ever since then, that's been my goal. Love that. You know, it's funny. Um, Red Rocks is, I, I've been very fortunate. I've been a lot of places all over the world. I've seen some amazing shows and some amazing venues. Red Rocks has still escaped me. And I'm planning hopefully next year, uh, a band that I'm a big fan of is going to be playing there, and I'm uh, hopefully going to be able to make the trek and go see them. So I'm real excited about that. Uh, you said you're going to be playing uh, NFL game, singing the national anthem. Tell me how that came about. Oh, um, well, it's it's uh, another one of those stories where a lot of moving parts connect together. Um, one of Catherine's mother's friends has a book club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he actually works on the Ravens communications team. And so they've seen some of our videos on social media, TikTok and Instagram, and kind of like suggested to the team that like we should do something with this group because we're like one of the things we pride ourselves on is being Baltimore based and like just owning the pride of that. So just having that connection of like Baltimore acapella group with like the Baltimore Ravens and just the grandioseness of it all. It's like something very exciting for us and we still can't even believe it. <laughs> that's a that's a hell of an audience. I mean, you you're that's a, that's that's very impressive audience size. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think what they say over fifty thousand people. A few, a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what does the future hold yeah. for the trails? Is there a tour maybe? Oh, hopefully, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes, but we don't know when or where or how. But it's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're speaking it into existence that it will be happening. Nice. There's definitely a lot of moving parts as far as touring. Um, we want to, of course, book a, as much as many gigs as we can next year. But booking the tours, a lot more moving parts with that, especially with COVID going up and down and up and down. Um, but we're we're here wherever the opportunity lands for sure. Nice. So as we wind down the interview, what are the best ways for my listeners to follow your adventures online? You can follow us on Instagram at the Trills Music. We're on Facebook also at the Trills. YouTube, if you can look up the trills. Um, we're on TikTok, of course, at the trills. And pretty much anytime you type in the trills, you'll get us, you'll be able to find us somewhere. Okay, so here we go. I finished my interviews with my absolute favorite question. And this is the best Ooh, time. I've never had six, I've never had this many people answer the same question. So I'm really excited about this. Okay. So the question is this: if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, which I mean, why wouldn't they? What would be the one thing? you want to say to the people of earth. I have a mantra that I, I love to say a lot of times I do this. It's never overestimate your current abilities, but never underestimate your ability to change them. No. Mm. Good. Ooh. 
rest of us have to answer. <laughs> yeah, do we need to follow that? Just leave it at that. Yeah, let's go around. Let's go around. Uh, way more, way, way simpler than that uh, mic drop, but I would say to everyone in the world that you are loved. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit cliche, but honestly, you miss. All of what is it? You miss one hundred percent of the percent of the shots that you don't take. Oh goodness! And you just got a Michael Jordan quote. Nice. <laughs> yes. Michael, Michael Jordan, you listening to this? Um, <laughs> but no, but that, but also just honestly, be kind because you really don't know anybody else's story. That's good. It's gonna be mine. It's <laughs> no, it really was. Keep your perspective like in hope. Keep an open mind and like try to understand everyone's perspective mm -hmm. um i guess i'll steal it from a couple months ago we actually had the honor of working with john kozar he's a pretty big youtuber and we asked him like before he left like what's one piece of advice you could leave us and he said just do it mm. and Mikey. yeah as Mikey <laughs> as it is he's like because what we're doing so far is special and like we're owning what we're doing we're working hard we're just continuing to grow mm -hmm. and just like stay to that thing like steadfast and just doing what we're doing and just continuing to do so i think that's what i would leave somebody with today yeah. all right guys guys again thanks ever so much for taking the time to come on the show today this is i'm not gonna lie to you this is truly one for the books for me so uh my fans as well as myself i wish you guys nothing but the absolute continued success for years to come you guys have got a lot of longevity ahead of you i can definitely tell thank, thank you, you so much thank you as well and just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 42 of the Derek Duval Show. I want to thank the Trills for being such great sports, for taking the time out of their super busy schedule to hang out. I know that they have a huge future ahead of them. I, I believe it in my heart. We'll be back soon, and boy, do we have an amazing episode for you coming up. This one is an episode I have been wanting to release for a while, but the timing was never right. Alas, that time is soon. I'll give you a hint. Only one other person, other than Samuel L. Jackson, has ever been able to make the word mother effer so awesome. I will let you all think about that one. Let's just say the interview is epic. So on behalf of the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, we want to say be safe, be well. And this one here, this is directed at one person in particular. In the words of the greatest music teacher in the world, Maria Von Trapp, High on the hills was a lonely goat herd. You're welcome. Nostar, God bless, and see you on the dark side of the moon, planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, for the latest news on downloads and to explore past episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.